one more dip in your ink Cause my quill is dry My quill is dry One more, one more dip, don't you think? And we know that's a lie Both know that's a lie One more, one more, one more Oh, oh, oh. my quill is dry My quill is dry One more, one more dip in your knees That's a lie Both know that's a lie Greetings, dear listeners. Legs Malone here. It is such a pleasure to be bringing this episode of Lunch with Legs to your ears today. It has been a whole month. I cannot believe it. It has been a month since I last posted, and I am so sorry for that unplanned break. But between technical difficulties and travel and just life, these things happen. So I'm very happy to be bringing you back into the flow of Lunch with Legs with an interview with the one and only Lady Rizzo. You were just listening to her song Ink Dip off of her brand new album Violet. And I was very fortunate to be able to catch Lady Rizzo for... A quick afternoon discussion. Uh, gosh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago at this point, if not several weeks ago. Lady Rizzo is an extraordinary woman. Um, I have been very fortunate to know her for quite some time now, and she, I can safely say, is a cabaret star now known the world over. You'll hear in an interview she was just about to take off to New Zealand and Australia, and I'm pretty sure by this point she's somewhere in Europe. Man, there's no there's no keeping her down, nor should there be. Anyway, I'm not going to yammer on. I do want to thank, uh, of course, now I'm forgetting her name, the wonderful, wonderful woman from Geneva, New York. I can't believe I didn't write your name down. I'm so sorry. Who donated some money to our podcast. Thank you so much. I did send you a thank you card. <laughs> thank you so much for your donation. And thanks to everyone who has given so far, if not financially, then certainly energetically with your time and your attention and even word of mouth. You guys are the best and I thank you so much for it. Anyway, let's get going with this week's episode. Please bring your hearts together. Make sure you're sitting down nice and comfortable. You've poured yourself a cup of something good and get ready for this week's interview with the one and only Lady Rizzo. Lady Rizzo, thank you so much for being a part of the Lunch with Legs podcast today. How are you, my sweet? Good. I like that you're in my bed. I know. Time lunch. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We're sitting in this beautiful king size bed. By yeah, the it's a it. California king. This is a California king. It's it's palatial. Yeah, as far and, as beds and this go. is like the best memory foam. This yeah. is this doesn't even feel like memory foam. This feels like one of those like crazy fancy Swedish ones that cost like four years college tuition in yeah, America. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't own the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to sleep in it. I do get to sleep um, in it. It's beautiful as we overlook uh, Manhattan and, and Brooklyn. over into Brooklyn and even Queens. Yeah. it's This is this is a spectacular, spectacular Yeah. I'm moment. lucky enough to be staying with a fantastic author, Michael Cunningham, who's also my dear friend. And um, he, this is the Christadora, which was the first 
um, high rise in the Lower East in the East Village. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and when it got put up, like people didn't even. It was like vandalized all the time. People didn't. They were like, "What is this doing here?" You know, it was the first thing over like thirteen levels. But Iggy Pop lived here. Wow, um, has quite a quite a history. How old, do you know how old the building is? I don't have that information at my fingertips. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's all good. I mean, it's, I've been past this building more times than I can count. Yeah. And I, it just never computed that it was an apartment building. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, it's right on Tomskin, Tompkins Square. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how long are you in town for? You are the most traveled woman. Yeah. And seems to be increasing exponentially by the moment. I have a lot of airline miles. <laughs> Um, but strangely, I'm not like a, I'm. I'm only at like bronze medallion for most of them. It's because I can't insist <laughs> that promoters go with the same airline. Probably if I had just stuck with said I only fly Delta or only fly American, I'd be better off. But yeah, I'm traveling a lot in the last two years. I've really only spent probably max, you know, th- three to four months in in New York. Wow. Each year, yeah. Um, but um, it's 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 an enlivening and exhausting way to live. I'm sure. I mean, I, it 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 is so extraordinary to see not only your like the stuff you put on Facebook, but then seeing stuff in the ethers. Like, oh, you see things in the ethers? I do absolutely. Oh, makes- absolutely. You know, friends who live abroad being like, "Oh, I went to a cabaret show. Do you know this person?" Or oh. like opening up the newspaper and being like, "Oh, look, there's Lady Rizzo." Oh, I love that. It's that is- a, it's amazing. I mean, you your career has skyrocketed. I mean, you've always been a star from the mm. word go as far as I'm concerned. Thanks, I mean, likes. I've known you for quite a long time. Let me see. We were Six so, years, seven years. Yeah, yeah, I'd say six. Yeah, we really got to six. know each other when we we did um, your show up in Massachusetts. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that was the weekend that my nephew was born, so that was four years ago. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. In some ways, it feels like it was longer than that, and in some ways, it feels like yeah, it's been it's been yeah, it's been several years. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, and like thinking back to. I mean, I remember, I mean, God, you hosted the most rinky-dink little great shows, but they were fucking rinky-dink, and now you're, I mean, headlining festivals, and... Yeah. I mean, and you won a Grammy for, I mean, the yeah. the, comp- the compilation album that you guys were on. Yeah. Ever, you were on, you were you sang one of the songs. I mean... Yeah. Sweet God. It's been exciting. I mean, there, there's been moments, but what I really like is that in my career, and I feel like this is important for most New York artists or maybe not, maybe not, but just in my circle is that even though it reaches these certain heights of, you know, last year I sang at the princess of Sweden's wedding. I don't know if you know that. And, but then like the next, when I came back to New York, the next time I like sang in a basement, like for (laughs) 10 people and at some club and they didn't give a shit. (laughs) Can I say shit? Yes, you can. You can absolutely say shit. So, So it's this kind of duality of, uh, and it's a way to keep a grasp on humility is like, you know, you can come back here and from the most incredible situation and and do something that's really seedy and (laughs) And fucking real and real and yeah, highbrow, lowbrow. Yeah. And I always feel like actually that that's a reflection of my, my work. Mm what I actually do on stage is this kind of classy, you know, um, 
in the package, you know, I wear couture, you know, it's obviously crafted in this way that holds a lot of glamour and could seem very luxurious, but then then I really aim to make the work, even though it's thorough, grounded in, in reality mm-hmm. of everyone's lives. And not everyone who's coming to see me is rich or even has enough money to pay their rent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw you at the Edinburgh Fringe back in... I'm so glad you were there. Oh, my God, that was such an amazing show. That, for me, was like, oh, right, she's a star. Oh. (laughs) Your one-woman show. I mean, it was so good. That was in 2012, I think. Yeah. Um, was that your? That was your first year at the Fringe. Yeah, we, we were in the smaller tent. Yeah, yeah, the smaller tent. I wasn't able to go last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won the best of the Fringe, the Time Out Award that year. Yeah, the you? Toast Award. The Toast for, Award. That's what it was. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll never forget. I mean, one of the, and I still. I mean, it, it still sort of comes back to me. Um, introducing one of the songs, talking about growing up in California. And how you really want to drink Capri Suns. <laughs> yeah. And you tell the story of how these mean girls tricked you. <laughs> yeah, they tricked you. were drinking me. a Capri Sun. Yeah, we all have those stories, right? But um, And it was, just to correct, because my mom might be listening, it was in Oregon. So oh, she Oregon, was, my bad. My <laughs> no, bad. it's all right. It's really different from California. <laughs> um, <laughs> As many Oregonians tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we all have these stories, you know, of moments that we were shamed or, or left. All right. Sorry about that, folks. We uh, were having some technical difficulties <laughs> here at the podcast family home. Um, but, Rizzo, you were just talking about... Um, the experiences of shame um, that we all share are just common. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's something that, um, because um, the, my alter ego, as Lady Rizzo, it lives in this world that seems impenetrable to uh, failure, in a way. There's um, something that's important in um, letting letting an audience in on a, on a story that may have pain or shame. And, mm-hmm. and then through and through then going into a song that you experience some sort of through my singing or my performance of it a a transformation out of that Mm. is impactful to people like it it gives them building blocks to apply to their own life about um any of their own you know painful shameful stories and sometimes you know i'm doing this new i i say in my shows in this last show that I did, that I'm doing a new thing with shame, which is uh, presenting it to audiences, and then it becomes art. Mm. So it's a transformational thing for me, too. And um, I I definitely think that shame is one of the most destructive um, processes that humans all over the globe apply to their brains. And And it Shame turns into insecurity, which I think is kind of the the root of most uh, most problems. I I don't think we would have war. I don't think that we would have, uh, yeah, hunger. You know, yeah. the big things can be traced back to, you know, people because they're in an, in a place that they don't feel like they're enough. They can't be in a place where they can help others. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, help themselves. Yeah. Renee Brown has a beautiful quote about, do you know, have you seen her shame love talk? It. I love it. Yeah. Shame is I am something wrong as opposed to guilt is I did something wrong. Oh, wow. 
Shame goes a lot deeper. A lot deeper. Yeah, that is so I love that. I love that TED talk. I love her her work in general. And and um and it's re- that that actually that TED talk really has inspired me to bring more vulnerability on stage with me. Mm. Um oh god bless that. I mean thank you for doing that. Yeah. Cuz that's well, transformative. Absolutely. And and um and in this last, you know, I went through a lot of I had a really tough two years because I'm going through a, a separation, and it was really, really interesting to um, acknowledge that I could bring the the darkness that was in my sphere in my mind on stage with me and not try to pretend it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Just go deeper into like I had one show that I did at Joe's Pub that I just did five. Um, five songs in a row that were about crying because I was crying so much Mm. and I was in a place where I couldn't stop it, you know? And so, um, because it was such a deep loss to go through a divorce or separation, um, I couldn't stop crying. And so I had to become like, okay, with just sobbing on the subway. Mm. And in a way that was, a radical commitment to my power as a woman, Mm. I feel like, Mm. um, which is, um, this is how vulnerable I'm going to be. I'm going to be so vulnerable that I'm going to be okay with, with weeping in public. (laughs) It's like, so I decided to bring that into my show and, you know, yeah. No, no, my shows are a little lighter <laughs> because I wasn't like you know pressing that away super. Yeah, have you ever heard the phrase? Um, it's not really a phrase; it's more an affirmation that my vulnerability is my strength. Yeah, I actually say in my show, vulnerability is the new strength. Yeah, That's vulnerability like, is the original strength, right? <laughs> the OG. It's the OG, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, because when you when you don't have anything to hide. There's nothing, nothing yeah, yeah, and I'm doing a new thing of, like, even going further into, like, any fear, like, fear I have of death or of being alone and, like, really, really investigating it, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting, the more that you actually look at your fears and and with an open heart you look at your fears and you don't pretend that they don't exist, Mm -hmm. the stronger the stronger person you are because someone who's not afraid of death that's a powerful very much so powerful creature yeah (laughs) yeah how would you say i mean this almost this dialogue this dance with vulnerability and the surrendering to it how do you feel it has shifted you as an artist i mean or informed your practice as a singer well i think that um for a long time i was I was um, reacting to... I, I realized that a lot of my work is reacting to the state of feminism, the state that of, of like what women are supposed to be or what women can be, mm. you know, in our culture. So for a long time, I was playing in the realms of, of the all-powerful femme, divine femme, you know, which I still do. But, um, but in, in folding in the vulnerability is just a fun way to make it all the more relatable, real, 
you know, still have that fantasy. I still am a superhero, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, maybe even more, you know, um, because it's always about a channeling a road out of pain or Mm -hmm. fear or suffering. Did I answer the question? But also, I mean, uh, and uh, my relationship with my voice in general, singing this much in the last I'd say the last four years, because I, I got a, a job in New York where I was singing at this club called The Darby, and I was doing it three to four that. nights a week. And it was like my master's class on singing, my master's degree, because I had to sing so much. I had to find ways through my limitations as a singer, and I had also had to find ways of dealing with people who didn't want to listen to me, mm. <laughs> which was very humbling. And really hard for me, especially because I had identified for so long as a singer or as a performer that people would shut up for. Mm. And here I found myself in a club where there's a lot of people with money and a lot of, you know, it was very heteronormative. It was um, a lot of, yeah, people in a, that had come to age in clubs, you know, and were not of a practice of being quiet to listen to art. Mm. Um, a lot of rich men with a lot of models, you know, who were like, you know, 15 to 19, just wide eyed, you know, like, and so there was a huge, um, huge learning curve with me and, and investing deeper into, the actual music I was making and not being so obsessed with the way that the audience was listening. Actually, world famous Bob was really helpful in, cause we were working on, um, we were working on the feminist show at that time. And you know how she has, she has some really good tough love moments, but mm-hmm. she, she was, she was a very good mirror as far as, um, you know, me getting over my issues of needing not to be, um, atmosphere. Mm. <laughs> yeah. God, that's huge. Yeah. 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 And she was like, yeah, well being atmosphere is just another side of like art and it's not like it's a bad thing. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, and I would uh, intellectual in the beginning, I would be like, okay, I'm like, this is the, the gangster movie. And like, I'm, like you, the camera pans to me and I'm in the scene, but the scene is about their conversation. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't get mad if I'm not the star of this thing, but I could still have to enjoy myself. And how do I enjoy myself? Wow. Yeah. That does sound like quite a primer. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, day, like, yeah. I, yeah, I'm ready for, um, a lot of situations. So how's, how's your continued postgraduate work going as you are traveling the world? and Well, I like and... a lot better when they're there for, to see me, but I still, <laughs> I still do things where they're not there to see me, you know? And, mm. and um, you know, I just did a, a night, uh, you know, uh, this lovely guy, Derek Todd, has a, a night uh, called, new night called Zeitgeist that Acme and I went there, and he had every intention of the party stopping to watch me, but the party really didn't. And, um, and, and I don't, I don't let that experience dictate my enjoyment or the people that are listening's enjoyment of the, 
you know. And I still need to work on, like, when I do those kind of gigs, like, not blowing out my voice to... to oh, yeah, to sing above them. Yeah. Because I did hurt myself a little bit. But, like, it's hard when... Because a part of the reason why I've gotten this far, I feel like, um, in my career, is that I care immensely what audiences are experiencing. It's like... So I... I hold it, I just, it, I really do care. Like, I know that I have a power to just, with my own comfortability on the stage, be a prism for a collective energy in a room, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, not, it's not about me, everybody shutting up and listening to me, even though that's inherently what I want. It's that I know that if if a room could have the consciousness to direct their light into me, that, that the, the greater effect is going to, it's just going to light up their whole evening, their whole, it, and potentially be changing in a greater way because their, their, their life, because, um, we have a hunger for feeling community and there's, there's rarer and rarer moments where we can feel that dynamic in in this very very hectic um, low attention span world that we're in and cybernetically paved world as well. Yes, and and that and the cyber experience of being connected does not hit the same molecules as that like live connection. Yeah. Really doesn't. We can think, oh yeah, we're totally all connected in this web, you know, and I know what you're doing and I know what you're doing based on Facebook and but it, the soul does not feel like um bandwidth. Yeah, that's a god, quote that. <laughs> Holy shit. It's true. It's totally true. And I feel I'm thinking to and I actually love to post the video on the blog post for this episode. Um, I don't know if you know, but, um, somebody filmed one of your performances at uh, Joe's pub when a fire alarm went off. Oh yeah. And watching the, I mean, you're, I just, I love you as a woman and as a performer. One of the skills I feel you have that you excel in is, is the delicacy and the quickness with which you sort of take in, you know, what's going in in the room, <laughs> yeah. and then, but just, like, it's the most beautiful, like, pivot, and then, like, throwing it back out, you know, like, creating a brand new experience for everyone to share, it's not isolated, you're not taking it in, it's not, all, like, you, like, the fact that you referred to yourself as a prism is a perfect illustration of that, mm. um, but yeah, and just watching how you interact with audiences, and how you can make even an enormous room feel like it's just, like, me sitting in a bed with you yeah and i think that's i mean that is not you you can't train for that you can't buy that i mean that's Mm. a really unique gift that you have that i just take enormous pleasure in Mm. and um, i'm very grateful i do feel like um i've thought about that a lot like why i have that 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 ability and I, i think that definitely performing at such an early age you know i also had the desire you know to do but like being, you know, in plays starting when I was three, like just my time on stage uh, and that early development, like it just feels like an, a very natural, a very natural place to be. Absolutely. And so I think that because I don't have that uber extra anxiety that 
most of humanity has when they're being focused on... And being seen. Being seen that way, yeah. Then I'm able to just, the same way that, you know, like your friends can light up, uh, you know, a, a dinner table. Like, I'm just, it's like the same kind of... It's the same sort of uh, the stre- same stress level, you know, yeah. that I could, I could take that those moments and and transform them. So yeah, I don't think that I was born with an ultimately like extra gift than other people. I do think I was born with some gifts, uh, like musically, because when I look at my parents and 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 dramatically, just because they're in those those genetic things I think were passed because I see them in my brother as well but um but um the uh, just the being being in the arts also being raised by by more than my parents a group of artists mm-hmm. and and um and them caring about my future yeah and it shows and it's it's amazing yeah. it's beautiful can you tell me a little bit about what the next, like what your next few steps are, your travels, where can Ooh. people find you? Yeah. Um, how, where can they come experience the magic of Lady Rizzo in person? Uh, well, my next step is New Zealand. So I'll be performing at the Auckland Cabaret Festival. I'm really excited. I've never been to New Zealand before. Then I'm doing, I think the final, well, we never know really. It could go on. Did you see the Untitled Feminist show, Young Jean Lee? I did, I did. Oh, I saw when it opened in New York. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, so I'll be doing that in Amsterdam, which if anyone's around Amsterdam the first week of July. Um, and then I'll come back. I think I have a show in New York in July. I just haven't confirmed the exact date. But it's all on my website, ladyrezo.com. And then after July, I head to Edinburgh. <gasps> And You're going to be there at the Fringe again. Yes, I'll be I doing will my- too. Oh, you are? I am. I'm just doing a week. Oh, but great. I'll see you there. Okay, so, oh my goodness. Amazing. Okay. So, Another yeah. one woman show. Yeah, my third season there. Oh my God. And then from there, I'll do London and some select European dates. Then I'll be back on the West Coast in October. I'll be doing San Francisco and Portland and maybe Seattle. Um,. And potentially L.A. And then in November, hitting up Vegas, a little bit of Vegas. And then um, and then I come back here for December, and I'll finally get my own apartment again, I think. <laughs> and then um, And then something really exciting that I'm working on is a, um, is, um, a piece with the uh, visual... Um, visual artist, director, theater maker, just wunderkind, Rob Roth. You know Rob Roth? Yes. So, oh my God. Yeah, I'm making a piece with Rob through, we were part of the here, um, the Harp art, Artist Residency. So our collaboration is supported by Here Art Center and we premiere in 2016, but we'll be doing a little preview at Culture Mart in 2015 and um and it's going to be not lady rizzo it's definitely like a greater expression of our art coming together i'm writing a lot of new songs for it um it's going to be really exciting the album's also out 
um, you know, on iTunes, Amazon, everything. Excellent. Excellent. The, the uh, first full-length album, and it has it's seventy percent of it is originals, and I'm really really happy about how the songs came out. Yeah, your Evanine produced it, and he's yeah, yours so, incredible. Yeah, he's a really amazing musician. Actually, I just got a text from him, and also from my dad, who told me he's brushing his teeth. <laughs> All information is important. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you have to see it. I am brushing my teeth. <laughs> oh, bless your dad. Go oral hygiene. Yeah, he oh knows my that God. I'm super into it. <laughs> That's so sweet. I know, it is really sweet. He's a very special person, obviously. Like, um, um, yeah, so... Well, I mean, I know that you have you have to go do things right now to pertaining you know, to all of your travels. I, got, I want to figure out when the July New York show is, so... So when I find out, I'll let you know. And you please do. And I also, I mean, I feel like we the, the barely even scratched the surface of all this. I mean, I want to talk to you about everything from being a, you know, a woman yeah. performing and the your feminist views and your own viewpoints and your background and how you got to where you are. I want to ask you all of this and then some. And I want to cook you lunch. Oh, because so. that's what I was supposed to get lunch. I mean, it's part of it. <laughs> but instead, you got to sit in my fluffy instead, bed. Instead, I got to sit in your fluffy bed, which is amazing. So wait, next time we'll have a longer co- conversation and you'll cook me lunch. And I'll cook you lunch. Okay. It's and some, something else. Some, some other things may come along as well. There may be a bottle of Prosecco. Oh, God, I like that. I'll balance <laughs> you on my feet because I'm really into acro yoga these days. Oh, my God. Done. <laughs> Just as long as we ha- that happens before lunch. Okay, and before deal. the Prosecco. <laughs> deal. No vomiting on my face. Nah. Okay. Um, but thank you so much. This is amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. No. And um, have a beautiful, blessed, incredible trip. Your gorgeous legs. I love you. Love you too. And there you have it, folks. My interview with the one and only Lady Rizzo. By all means, go visit her website, LadyRizzo.com. That's L-A-D-Y-R-I-Z-O.com. On there, you can buy her album. You can check out her awesome merch and shop. I Just after we finished the interview, I went to her car, which was parked on Avenue A on the Lower East Side, and um, bought a tank top out of the trunk of her car. It was suitably sketchy and perfect and the tank top's amazing so you guys should definitely get one for yourself as well you can follow her on twitter facebook definitely check out her videos on youtube um she is one of the most brilliant performers i know and uh i'm very very fortunate to call her a friend and i hope that you guys will be able to catch her in the flesh soon thanks again for tuning in guys have a wonderful week and i look forward to bringing you a fresh episode this time next week lots of love guys bye if you're quiet enough in the height of the night you can hear the song of freedom the stunning song of freedom it beats in the dreams of the girls and the queens and the men and the boy chicks and in-betweens while their fears are busy away The rumble of the moon, it will drown and swoon the years of yeses and noes. Gather the highs and the lows, what's left is freedom. Spread your span, raise your hands, catch this song of freedom. 
catch this soul to freedom Ride her light To the sweet of the night This is your song of freedom This is your song of freedom This is your 